0: Hello, bro. Hello, man. Don't call, call it. Man, back in for another episode. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah man. What's
1: hey man, you know, you you see it representing the night, you know.
0: I don't see nothing. Huh? I don't see nothing. What you mean?
1: Oh man, come on now. <laughs> you see it. Come to the sip, you know.
0: Hey. Oh, you talking man. about old miss? Yeah, getting the shark, you shark bait, man. Ah uh, man, what, what, what y'all got going on? Man, you know, sign of
1: day, bro. And uh, you know, we brought some brought some cats in that's gonna help us go make this run, you know, next year. So excited right. about it, man.
0: Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of moves. Uh <laughs> a lot of moves from old miss and old Lane Kiffin.
1: Yeah, man. We're we gonna have to get you down to God's country, man, uh
0: to, to a game next year. Man, I'm I'm gonna be in Colorado somewhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a
1: buff until further Got you. Yeah, man. So look, uh we in the uh in the countdown to Christmas, man. You you you
0: actually last week, what, you don't you done with your Christmas shopping? Yeah, bro. I'm I'm pretty much wrapped up. Got one shipment late. But uh other than that, I'm straight. Uh maybe need to get some stocking stuffers or something. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, man, it's, it's a go.
1: Yeah, man. I've been uh grinding out myself these past couple of days and uh think I'm what, what ain't what ain't been got ain't gonna get got. So yeah. <laughs> uh I ain't even got the thought to count. That's what somebody said. Uh, yeah. So uh but anyway, man, I wish I was uh whoever the lucky winner was in Cold Water. Today, the one the 50,000 that well I like to call little buckies. Uh cold water. Oh, <laughs> so oh, uh, sh- shout out shout out to uh whoever hit the uh, hit the lottery. Somebody oh, being cheap, supposed to play the extra. You could have got that
0: 150 instead of the 50. Man, man, you could you can buy half a cold water for 150, man. Yeah, man, but whoever that is, shout out to them. Hopefully it wasn't somebody just passing through yeah, yeah with somebody from from the hometown
1: exactly but look man uh speaking of somebody from the hometown we got one of the ones tonight so uh without further ado uh
0: i'm gonna jump into this introduction mac go ahead man actually before before you do that we're gonna again this is episode 47 pine street perspectives with mr Edric kearney and this episode is sponsored by Chaz Fade. So we're going to run this promo and then we're going to get into this episode. Stay tuned. Yo, we back for another episode of Sticks and Stones. This episode is brought to you by Chaz Fade from none other than my homie Chaz A. McCaskill, licensed master barber located at Enhanced Barbershop. 2317 West University Drive, Suite 173, Den, Texas. Phone number 662-288-3692. Pull up on oh my guy, man. He'll get you right. Tell him Sticks and Stones sent you. What do you want to?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Shout out to Chaz. Um, but anyway, man, um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. Uh, and also, as you're coming in, make sure you comment. Tell us where you're from. Uh, I had somebody tell me that we never shout them out, and I'm like, "Well, you never come in." So, <laughs> believe it or not, we can't see you until you come in or say something. So we don't know who we don't know who's watching. So just make sure uh, you uh, say your name and just tell us where you wa- what you're watching from and, and all that good stuff. But look, man. Look at that, Memphis, Tennessee.
0: <laughs> I could have sworn you was in Texas, but cool.
1: So look, but uh, Matt, man, this guy we about to bring on tonight, man. Uh, I just remember, you know, growing up hearing his voice on the radio. So I'm gonna try my little, you know, radio voice and try to do this introduction. Can I? Can I? Can I do it, Matt? Go ahead, man. So introducing the proud native Coldwater, hailing from Pine Street. And now residing in Huntsville, Alabama. He's a multitasking individual, husband, father, businessman, pastor, and the list goes on and on. So tonight, you'll hear his voice, harden not your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Edric Kearney, Mr. Edric Kearney to Sticks and Stones. Give him a round of applause, man.
0: Yes, sir, man. Y'all should have had that ready. Bitch, you
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How I doing, man? On a scale of one to two. Man, he act like I was doing the Martin Luther King celebration, man. <laughs> man, what's up, guys? How y'all doing, man? man? Look, you
1: you, you like that you're going to hear his voice hard and not your heart, then? You?
2: <laughs> hey, 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 hey. hey, hey. Hey I, was, hey, I was really waiting for you to go all the way Baptist, you know, to present your song and introduce the others, you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Matt going to do the occasion a little bit, little bit later on. I got, you, I got you, I got you, I
2: got you, I got you. Man, what's going on, man? man? Much appreciate you joining us. Man, Uh, uh was glad to get the invitation, man. Uh, I, I didn't really know uh, <clears throat> exactly uh, what you always doing, but I'm proud to see uh, other people, uh, especially you guys that I've known for a long time um, um, to be doing things, you know, creating your own platform and um, also keeping a hometown there. So, hey, I want to applaud you guys for doing that, man, and uh, just keep it in the road, man. Just let, you know, let God do what he need to do. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate that.
1: We appreciate you, man. Uh, appreciate you accepting the invitation and uh, just wanting to be a part. Uh, oh yeah. So uh, I think it speaks volumes about you know what we're trying to do here by about by the caliber of people we're able to bring on. So yeah, yeah. And uh, who came up with the Pine
2: Street? Uh, what was it, Pine Street? What Pine Street Perspectives? Perspective, man. I like that. I'm like, man. Wow, that's cool. We both try to,
1: man, like we try to make every episode like like special. So uh, we try to name each episode and put thought into it. So it's a, it's a
2: collaborative effort uh, every yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, hey, and those that are watching, if you're watching online on Facebook or whatever, hey, hit the like, hit the share, uh, uh, tag about seven people. Just type seven people names if you're watching on Facebook so we can get these guys' numbers up so uh, they can do what they need to do, all right? Yeah. Y'all
1: heard the man. So, yes,
2: uh, listen. Hey, uh, and, and also, before we get started, I want to send a shout-out to uh, uh, the Barber Sheds, man. I didn't know where he was at. I hadn't seen him in so long, so tell him to tell Jerry Jones to send, get his jet <laughs> fly me down there so <laughs> up, I'll be back,
1: man. Hold, yeah. up, hold up, hold up. But I, I saw something the other day that you know, you and Matt got in common, both of y'all 49ers fans. Hey,
2: why why you think I accepted the invitation? one
1: uh, <laughs> yeah. because I owe me. Huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you gotta start somewhere, man. Yeah, yeah, man. I've been a diehard 49ers fans, man, since the 80s, early 80s. Uh growing up. Uh I almost leaned to the Cowboys. That's when uh, Danny White was playing quarterback and Tom Landry was the coach. But uh, the Redskins, I really didn't have a team until because the Cowboys and the Redskins, they always got to fighting at the end of the game. You know, <laughs> and so uh, I just i just went with the 49ers, man. Been a diehard 49er fan ever since the 80s, man.
1: Yeah. Look, you, you know, you, you can't say Redskins no more. You got to say Commanders.
2: Oh well, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to get disclaimer. I was me, not the owners of the show. All right. (laughs) Those (laughs) people said that they
0: wanted. They was uh, paying homage. Yeah, Yeah. calling them red skins, and they wanted back. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 It's it's one of those iffy situations, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, we
1: we're gonna jump into uh, some of these questions we got for you tonight. Uh, And I didn't want to jump off the deep end, you know, to start the show off. But um, as you know, we we like to do our research on this show. And so uh, as I was talking to people leading up to tonight, um, a name kept coming up very, you know, frequently uh, as I was talking to people. And that was your father, uh, Mr. James Kearney, uh, who I really didn't know uh, much about. And I guess maybe I was too young for our paths to cross, you know, back in the day or whatever. So I I was just gonna see if we can start the show off by you taking a moment uh, and just kind of educate myself and Mac and also the audience about who your dad was and, you know, just what he meant to you uh,
2: growing up. Yeah, Uh, man, I was blessed uh, to um, have a father. uh by the name of James Edward Kearney. And uh he became like the uh community man, so to speak. You know, I was back home uh this summer and a guy said that hey it was two people in the community that everybody respected that was from a male figure and that was uh my dad and brother Brinkley Walker which is still a, still alive, you know, um but um my dad, when when I was little, my dad had a 66 Chevrolet pickup. And uh he always uh, was baseball coach, uh softball coach. You know, he worked at Craft. would get off work. Now uh I'm finna go into some history. These are the people that I know of that was on his uh, I'm gonna tag one of them in. I hope they up, but uh Ronald Dandridge, Donna Elam they were all on his softball team mm. and it wasn't no seatbelt rules they would get on the back of a 66 chevrolet and you know um it really made me think about how people respected my father because he was coaching girls softball you know um, my first cousin, Diane, was on there. I think maybe Vanessa Todd, I'm not 100% sure, Carolyn Cobb. You know, all of these people were a part of this softball team. And, uh, you know, the parents trusted their daughters with my dad, you know. And he would take them all around playing softball and things of that nature, you know. Nowadays, it's a little bit hard to be doing that. So uh, my dad died uh, January 29th uh 1997 uh on a wednesday morning and uh but uh you know god they take you through transition i was 21 years old understood it but really didn't understand it at the moment but uh his classmate died like two years later you know i was a junior at clark Atlanta university on a football scholarship and uh you never know what's going on. Why are you going through it at the moment? But one of his classmates, like three years later, died. His son was in school, a sophomore in college on a football scholarship. So I was able to encourage him to help him get through school and things of that nature. So uh, to those that have a you know, a mother or a father living right now, um, you, I don't care how low down they are. How you don't like them? How you can't stand them? You ain't talk to them, but God still chose those individuals to bring you into this world, and uh, you need to lay hold to them because, you know, um, I don't feel pity, but sometimes, Mac, I may have to go to a service and or do a service and. I have somebody that they dad was there with them they 50 years old and they just breaking down crying like i'm i feel sorry I, I you know i can't stand you they'd be like why you can't stand me hey my dad only was in my life 21 and a half years and you had your father for 50 so you can always find some good and everything man but uh i love my dad man and he was he was uh <clears throat> more of a best friend mm-hmm. than quote unquote daddy you know he was a father so I thank God for that man thank God for that every day yeah and
1: he he was on the uh, police force as well um, I think I, I was
2: told right yeah he was he was on the police force there uh, just helping the town out and uh, you know just, just uh, everybody respected him man you know uh, that's one thing that I saw uh, that everybody respected him as an individual and uh you know you i'm not gonna say you can't find those people they are there but a lot of them are not as visible because uh matt you know live in texas he probably don't know everybody that live on his street (laughs) you know what i'm saying you know back in the day uh even in our neighborhood now the only real pioneers that are still left are miss linda powell uh miss leona washington uh brother brankley walker um and i'm talking about those that was you know in their 40 50s when we was when in my era you know and so uh it's not that many people um uh brother uh coon uh hunt and uh his wife, you know, I think they're a little bit under that tier though, but uh, you know, that older tier is not that many people left, you know. So uh, it's always good to just, you know, sometimes when I come home, I just go by and see how they're doing. If I don't do numbers, knock at the door and just keep moving, you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: yeah. yep. So with all that you said, in the you know the, the foundation that your father had, uh how would you describe your childhood and upbringing in co-op?
2: Well, I was the only child. So, uh, not spoiled, but, uh, I was the only child. I didn't have the benefits of like everybody else to say, well, I didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> you know, something happened in the house. If your mama or daddy denied it, that means you did it, you know, it was, it was cut dry, you know, uh, one thing that I found out and I was just sharing in Bible class tonight. Um, my friend Bishop LW Bolton said something the other day, and it made me go back to my childhood because, um, he said his father chastised them, not with the rod of correction because they got the rod of correction, but they chastised them with the word of God. You know, uh, I can, And it made me go back to my childhood. You know, I remember one time I told my mama a lie and she made me go to the Bible where it says, thou shalt not lie. You know, disobedient children. Um, I know y'all are too young. Y'all ain't never wrote 300 times or 500 times disobedient children. Days will be cut off. You know, I was doing that at home. I ain't talking about that at school, at home. You right. know, so All of those things stuck with me and made me who I am today. Uh, I was sharing with somebody this morning that the era that I grew up in, we we feared God and we thought fearing God was fearing our parents. I mean, because, you know, we had never seen God, but we were scared of our parents. You know, uh how old are you, Mac? 38. 38. You 35, Jordan? Yep. 35. Uh, you know, when you in the house and your mama said, Boy, I brought you in this world and I'll take you out. And then you look at her like, wait a minute. That's like murder, ain't it? Yeah, (laughs) I will do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I didn't heard that one now. <laughs> 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 I, I brought you in this world and I take you out, and you sitting there like she can't be for real, you know, or you thinking something because they done got on to you and they said, Uh, what you say, yeah, I ain't saying that. No, you did say something, mm-hmm. you know, if they took the video game, uh, which we didn't have cell phone, but they were sitting on the kitchen table and dared you to touch it, yeah. So those are the thing that helped develop me. Uh, I always um, I saw a post the other day, and I know this is not a religious show, but I saw a post the other day that said we will take time to get our children to believe in Santa Claus, but we won't take the time to introduce them to Jesus.
0: Mm. Mm
2: -hmm. Yep.
1: we um, we uh one of the questions i had was talking about defining moments um in your childhood and so like um i guess just kind of speak on it about like if you can remember a defining moment in your childhood that you would just kind of say shaped who you are today still sticks with you know, you today or you know, along
2: those lines. Yeah, um, you know, I've I've always I've I've always felt like that um I was a different child. Uh I was a blessed child, you know, I I've probably gotten whoopings for wearing uh um uh, suit pants to to school. You know, we couldn't wear church clothes at school, you know. Y'all was in elementary school, but Mac, we couldn't wear church clothes at school. You know, the church clothes was church clothes, really? and, you know, <laughs> you know, on, uh, ball game days and stuff like that. I was thinking wear my suit pants to, to, to school or whatever like that, you know, um, uh, and I was different, you know, uh, but I didn't, I didn't really know how different I was until I actually saw God manifesting himself in me, you know, um, uh, there were times and moments when okay. uh, I was doing things that uh, was okay. just, just you know, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, you know. Um, that that was, uh, believe it or not, um, we had two doctors in Coldwater, and um, I think it was Doctor Minor, and I cannot remember the other doctor's name, but the doctor office was right there where um, Dr. Cat the Dennis' office was. That was that was the doctor's office. And Dr. Minor told me because I had a um, my knee would just slip out of place, my kneecap. It would slip okay. out of place, and I could sit there and pop it right back in. You know, get up and keep rolling. It felt funny. But you know it would be awkward. But then once I got used to it, um, Dr. Powell, Andre Piggies is watching y'all. He said, "Dr. Powell," I couldn't remember. But uh, and uh, one of them told me uh, at an early age that if I didn't have surgery, that I wouldn't be able to play sports. How early talk? I'm talking like fourth, fifth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, you know, if he don't have surgery, he won't be able to play any sports, you know, football, especially football, because I mean, I could just be out there playing and my kneecap would just slip. And when it slips, your leg just comes straight and then you have to wiggle it and pop it back in and it was gone. So um. We were living on Hill Road. Uh, uh, The duplex is still, there's a white duplex right there at Hill and Short Street. Um, I think um, the Thomases lived there. Uh, We was living in one side of the duplex. And I know y'all too young to remember, but we had a heater that was in the floor. And I mess around one day and fell on the heater. And when I fell on the heater, I still have that scar on me now. That was a cross that came on my knee. And it's still there now. It's a cross on my knee. And so uh, one day I was in the house and I didn't understand it, but I heard something speak to me and said, look at your knee, you will heal." And I'm like, huh? and on the side of my knee you know when you go get your knee scoped, there's a scar that's on the side on the side of my knee there is a line just like i had got scoped. and i told my mama i said mama you know hey god done heal me and she was like well what is you talking about i said mama look at my knee i done had my surgery god didn't heal me so i started You know, sixth grade, there in Coldwater, we just had basketball. Uh, Seventh grade, I got ready to do football, and my mama would not sign the consent paper. She was against it. She did not go to any of my junior high games. She came to one high school game, and that was my senior year because she knew what the doctor had said. Right. And she did, if you do it, you're on your own you get hurt don't call me you know how our parents was yeah <laughs> so i ended up with with that thing but god had healed me i never had a severe injury out of the 10 years that i played um organized football that's amazing yeah
0: so, so in that moment when, when you said you said you really I think didn't understand it as much at the time, but looking back on that moment, uh do you feel like there was a defining moment into where you are now?
2: Oh yes, most definitely you know that was that was a um, that was what I would call a footing. Uh, you know um, everybody concentrates on foundation but nobody concentrates on the footing. The footing is what keeps the foundation together. Hmm. So you got to have foundational stuff, but your footing is what holds the foundation in place. So that's why so many people get just uh, dyslexic and they be driven by the wind here and there to and fro because they may have a foundation but they didn't have the proper footing to hold the foundation. Yeah. Because the footing is deeper than the foundation either. Mm. So that was a defining moment. And that's why I truly believe that God uh, allows me at his will to operate in the gift of healing uh, when it comes to different people and different individuals, because. I know that he is a healer, you know, uh, who else could have their knee scope and a cross on their knee. And there was one time um, my senior year, I was in a in a football game and uh, someone hit me dead on my knee. And I mean, that's really the the only time that I was like, man, I mean, I was limping and I literally thought that something might have been wrong with my knee, literally. Mm-hmm. The weight, because my foot was planted and everything, but the trainer was like, I don't understand it. I'm like, yeah, I do. Come on, let's go. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. you know, so um, that's that's that defining moment. And if, if we can get to not just the foundation, but get to the footing, because that's what's going to keep us rooted. Yeah, man, that's 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 good. And um, <clears throat> like, hey, Matt, let me tell you this: somebody on here used to play drums besides me too. I'm gonna leave that long gone to your next question. <laughs> I still
1: do. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and, and like I said, we we gonna you know we breaking down a lot of stuff right now and uh, i know we're gonna get into your ministry and all that later on um but uh i think Matt I think you had a question uh on here so we'll we'll keep rolling you know how we're going and then we'll make sure we come back, to the, back. yeah to the ministry and all that
2: okay cool cool yeah go ahead go
1: ahead john yeah. So, um, you know, we, we spoke about your spoke about your dad. Um, I know you brought up a couple people, but we always like to ask, like, if there is one person um, that you could, you know, express gratitude uh, from your express gratitude to from your childhood, uh, who would it be and why?
2: Wow. Um, there were a lot of influential people in our life in my life um you know you go all the way to um man miss adams all the way up to miss rosa coleman you know she was our fourth grade uh history teacher of social studies and miss rosa coleman did not play i mean literally uh i'm talking about like a half a two by four was her uh, board. (laughs) I mean, you know, she didn't play. I don't know where she got athletic tape from, but she had athletic tape. I mean, and she looked like she was old when we was in school. Uh, But, man, she put the fear of God in you, you know. Um, But I would probably, you know, and it goes on, you know, you had um, um, Coach VZ, uh, Coach Beard, uh, several teachers, Mr. Burden. I still see Mr. Burden every once in a while now. Herschel Burden, he was our assistant principal, um, and but you know, Coach Gillespie, a lot of different people, uh, Miss Hankerson, Miss Roseman, you know, all those people taught my mom, Coach Hankerson, and so it was like, it was like you couldn't. That's what's missing in the schools now, because those people really saw what they saw in you not then but what you was going to be but you know um, I guess one of the most influential persons in my life even to this day is uh brother Charles Crowther mm. you know uh, I was doing a basketball game the other night and I saw I had a missed call Mr. Crowther called me you know we constantly talk you know every other month or so you know He's like, when you come down, I need you to come by here and bring me a package. He, you know, uh, I'm gonna say this, Mac. i I know we're on social media, but disclaimer. But I kill a hog every year. Mm-hmm. So he wants Ms. Crowley when me to bring him some country ham home. <laughs> 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 Don't y'all tell him I said that. Right? <laughs> but uh, you know, just you, you know, I periodically talk talk to him. Uh, And there's so many others though, you know, it's, 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 it's when it really, I think Coldwater is one of the um, communities and towns in Tate County where you can truly say that a village raised a child.
0: So with that being said, uh, with that village and just what you just said about Coldwater, do you feel like, uh, that foundation in that village from Coldwater prepared you for all the places that life has taken you thus far?
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because it's, it's, you know, it's past the the foundation. It's, it's the footing, you know, um, you know, man, uh, can I, can I give y'all a little history on Come that, on with it. Inside yeah. of Coldwater. Yeah. And Jordan, no, but he, when he came up, it was, you know, we had certain spots. Uh, you know, you had, um, like you said, my dad and my uh, Miss Linda Powell, them, they was always outside. Uh, Mr. James Hayes, you know, you had Brinkley Walker at the end of the street. You had Reverend Blair at the railroad track, you know. Uh, so it was like eyes in the sky everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. Everybody respected those people. You know, everybody respected those people. I know Matt, too young, but we had to be at home for the streetlights came on.
0: I did too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we had a time right because the streetlights uh, our, on our side of time, when one came on they all didn't come on at the same time. One would come on, then another one would come on, and we had it timed. And you know, when when that one got close to your house, you just took out running. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you had to be at the house uh before the street lights came on. And so at the house, you know, with us was I was in the yard, you know, I wasn't in the house. You said at the house, but um. Uh, Now, Jordan might remember this, 9.45, the Amtrak train came through. What? (laughs) The Amtrak train ran every night because all of us was like on time schedules. You know, Uh, in our age, all of us was pretty much on the same curfew. So it was when the streetlights came on and then it was 10 o'clock. So if we was hanging out, when the train came through, 15 minutes to 10, you know, you had 10 to 15 minutes to get to the house. That was our alarm system. So we had no cell phone, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh it was just certain things like that, man, that was so profound, and all of us kind of grew up as a family, you know what I'm saying? Everybody on that side of town,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> um and I know, you know, we talked last week, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, your sports, you know, endeavors and all and they're going through uh, or coming through Coldwater High School. So we're going to jump uh, into that uh, for a
0: second. Definitely, because I, I know I didn't know about this until Joel was telling me he spoke to you last week. And I was like, this is why this is part of the reason why we have this podcast, why we have this show is to tell the stories of people that a lot of people in the community don't know about or or wasn't around for. And they they know you from one aspect of your life, whereas there's so many other chapters that uh, people could be exploring and learning from. So uh, can you speak to us about, in the audience, about the sports you play and some of the academic or athletic achievements that follow, academic as well, if you have those.
2: Well, um academics, uh I was on part of the beta club. Um I don't know what number I graduated in class. You know, we we weren't concerned about stuff like that then. Um uh but uh, I was part of beta beta club. Uh also um I lettered in all four sports, but did not get a letterman jacket, Matt. So I think y'all need to get buy me a letterman jacket, man, you know. Guess who else is gonna have a letterman jacket? <laughs> I I didn't get one one (laughs) Me me three (laughs) Hey look The year um, The year it was time for me to get my Letterman jacket uh, Coach Crowther uh, was retiring And uh, He um, He left the school With zero debt Because they would get Letterman jackets And pay for them the next school year After the first two or three football games You know but uh, so uh, I lettered in all four sports, basketball, football, baseball, and track. <laughs> um, I was blessed uh, to play all four sports. I uh, didn't have any severe injuries. I think the worst injury I had in high school, I had a bruised rib one night. Um, I was, But that was it. Uh, I was quarterback of the football team, uh, played. Uh, basketball um, started my senior year and things of that nature. So it was, it was just a blessing, man. You know, we looked at, uh, um, we looked at playing sports as the way that we had to get out. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you know, we felt like, cause we saw what we thought our parents struggle. And so we knew if we had to go to college that, we had to achieve ourselves in band, or I was even in the band at Coldwater, uh, and the band teacher told me I couldn't play football and be in the band at the same time. I told Miss Amber I'd change changed my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, that was that was eighth grade, seven or eighth grade, because band practice for the seventh grade I think was second period, and that's when we supposed to be on the football field. So. My mom was like, I just bought spent $600 on this snare drum and you ain't in band no more. No, ma'am, I'm not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am not in band anymore. Uh, because it could have been a little give and take. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So right. um, uh, when I left Coldwater, I had uh, three football scholarships and two basketball offers. And me being the individual that I am, I'm like, okay, this basketball basketball team ain't got no more than about 12, 13 players. Football team going to have 55. So I'm going to take the football scholarship. So I was blessed to uh, play two years at Northwest. um, Also two years at Clark Atlanta University. So I went to school for free. I don't have no student loans over my head. Or anything like that so i thank god for that for opportunity um i never thought about going pro or whatever like that um when i would come home people like man you you going pro man but you know back then mac we didn't have what students have now right you know <clears throat> i was a part of the 93 94 Uh, I started quarterbacking my 10th grade year in high school. And they played me, man, because I was going to practice. And Andre Piggies will tell you, we was going to practice. I'm thinking I'm playing wide receiver. So I'm playing wide receiver with team one. Then I come back on backup quarterback on team two. And then when we get to the start of the football season, I'm the starting quarterback, 10th grade. Mm. You know, 10th grade. And uh uh Andre Piggies, we called him Roger Craig because he, you know, he a diehard hard 49er fan too. <laughs> so we called him Roger Craig, and Roger Craig said, Man, you starting for the <laughs> you start, man. I said, man, you gonna be able to do it. I said, Man, just got to trust him. And from there. That was the year after, I don't know if Coldwater won a game the year before that. If so, I think it was one, maybe one. After that, my 10th grade year, I think we went two and eight. My 11th grade year, we went four and six. And my senior year, we went six and four. And our senior year. Was the tenth year anniversary, where uh, the the ninety the eighty three team of Coldwater beat Senatobia, mm. and they had not beat Senatobia in ten years that year. And that year we played Senatobia. It was Senatobia was five and zero. Oh, we was four and one. Uh, I got hurt against Horn Lake. I mean, we was playing monster schedules, man. Yeah. I mean, our first game every year was against Horn Lake. First game of the year. <laughs> you know, they was a 5A school then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um we played them in San Antonio and it was like a sellout crowd, man. It was it was the Claire and Ledger game of the week. And uh we lost, I think 21 to 14. 21 to 14 that year. But uh, I've been blessed, man, and um, doing things like that. Met a lot of people. Matter of fact, I talked to Coach uh, Oakley. I'm finna, I'm, finna, I'm finna make Max sk- scratch his head, Jordan. I talked to Coach Oakley, Phil Oakley. Do y'all remember him from Centertopia? I don't know who that is. The name sounds familiar. <laughs> he, was, he was an assistant football coach at Centertopia when we was playing ball. But then he became the head football coach at Santa Antonio. And he coached in Coldwater before he went to Santa Antonio. He actually was a coach on that 83 team with Steve Washington, Matthew Lovelace, all of those guys, Chief, uh, Gary Jack, all those guys back then. They uh, And a lot of those guys that was on that 81, 82 Especially the 82-83 team ended up going to Northwest and they was a part of the 82 national championship team.
0: Mm. I ain't know that. So
1: um <clears throat> you, you mentioned Andre Piggy's Anthony uh talking about Brian Easton in the comments, dropping oh <clears throat> so kind of throw throw out some names. Who who was on that
2: um who was on that team uh with you? Uh, in the, uh, yeah, uh, Darren Cathy was back on the 82 83 team, okay. Um, uh, Michael Minor was on the 82 80, 83 team, those guys, uh, were the last one to be uh, Senator. Toby. Hey, Piggy said, No, don't mention them. <laughs> 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 Hey, hey, believe it or not. I'm going I'm to tell y'all who, who was who was an integral part of our team. And you all would not believe this. Marcus Ryle. I see y'all looking like, what? I know Marcus Ryle.
0: I don't. I don't know nobody to do it.
2: You <laughs> <laughs> ain't, ain't gone too long, man. <laughs> yeah, Mark, Marcus Ryle was an integral part. He, he, you know, he gave us fits, man. He wasn't a starter of the team. He wasn't a uh, lead person of the team. But, man, he made us who we were in practice. I mean, Mac, I'm talking about we was going to practice, man, my senior year. Uh, something happened with the coach and um, the other coach left and went to Magnolia Heights. We only had two coaches my senior year in football. Sinatobia had more coaches in the press box than we had on the field. I believe, and uh, but Marcus Riley, I mean, there will be days we was practicing. Man, we didn't have a weight room till my senior year. The only thing that we had in Coldwater was a leaper machine, a bench press, and uh, a bar where you could do squats. A set of ropes. Mm.
0: It wasn't much different when I came through there.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so Coach, I mean Wright
0: came, Coach Wright came. Br- came through and established established their weight room uh, a better, uh,
2: yeah, weight room. But yeah, but just imagine when you all came, if it was stuff still there, that's the stuff we got my senior year. Wow, hammer down. Yeah.
0: Yep. I ain't
2: play hey, you know, I was thinking the other day I was telling a guy out here, I said, Man, you know, I know why why a lot of men got athletes' feet and fungus and stuff because hey, when we was going to school, man, the game shoes was your practice shoes the next year. You didn't know whose shoes you had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They done sit, they don't sit in the uh in the closet all Basketball season all winter. You go to get a pair of shoes for spring. You go get a pair of shoes for fall practice, and then you got your new game shoes. And the game shoes was the practice shoes for the next year. You know, it was it was crazy, man. I know, back. I know you know that, man. Yeah,
0: I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know I know of it, but I didn't experience it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Actually, I did because we ain't have. Like, we had practice cleats that was there from the school already. So, yeah, I did for the short period. I played junior high and then, like, uh ninth and 10th grade. And after that, football, it was a wrap for me. I didn't even make it all the way through the 10th grade here. As soon as them basketballs hit the flow, I was out.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, and, and
0: look, speaking of
1: basketball, you know, we were talking last week in preparation uh for this. You shared a story with me um about – coaching the middle school team as a senior in high school. So kind of talk a little bit uh,
2: about that and how that came about? Man, uh, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, Coach Thomas Pierce and Coach Green were the two coaches. And so they were the high school coaches, but they had, you know, PE, seventh grade PE and stuff like that. So, Coach Pierce did not like basketball. So, my senior year, uh, my senior year, uh, after football season was over, it, and you know, I thought they was playing, you know what I'm saying? October done hit. I got look, I got my schedule set. I'm leaving school every day at 12 o'clock. I come back to school to practice. Hey, I got. English first period, I got government second period, I'm taking a science, I go to lunch, I go home. That's it. That's my that's my agenda. Come back to school for practice. So I get called to the office, and uh Fernando, Mr. Fernando Bearden was the principal that year. So I get called to the office and they like, hey, we just here to inform you we finna change your schedule. I'm like Change my schedule for what? You know, uh, well, you're going to be coaching seventh grade basketball. (laughs) 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 I'm sitting in the principal office with Ms. Ambern, Coach Pierce, Mr. Beard. I'm like, I'm doing what? I ain't coaching no seventh grade basketball. You are coaching seventh grade basketball. I'm like, are y'all serious? Yeah, here's your new schedule. Now I'm going to English with Ms. Brown doing fourth period. I'm like, man, I be going home at 12 o'clock. Yeah. So um, I don't know if it had changed then, but the seventh and eighth grade always practice second and third period. Yep. So second and third period. I was in the gym. I got government first period. I'm in the gym second and third period. I go to science fourth period, fifth period. I got English. Now, you know, I'm mad. I'm at school at one 32 o'clock now. So this is what I did, Mac. I said, well, if I'm coaching, I ought to be getting a teacher trade every day for school. (laughs) (laughs) So when I went to, when I went to lunch, I got a teach. They gave me a teacher tray, and I was able to drink sweet tea every day. And did some negotiate. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we, hey. Look. Hey. Hey. Look. Anybody out there need a, a agent or artist manager or whatever? Hey, I'm a good negotiator. I'm, I'm a good negotiator. I was a senior in high school, and look, Matt, I'm I'm on myself now. I ain't sitting on the little round tables, the little round chairs. I'm sitting in the big blue chair up there with the, with the flat table. You know what, yep.
0: what I'm saying? <laughs> hey,
2: see James? What? <laughs> hey, I don't know. Hey, James might have been on the team. I'm not for sure. Uh I had Devin Cummins. Uh, I don't know who else was on that team, but uh Devin Cummins. Um it was it was Devin's class. Reggie Jeter, who I was, was in that class. Reggie Jeter. Well, Reggie transferred in. I think. Okay. Yeah, he moved in, but that class there, uh, I coached them guys in seventh grade basketball, and look, we was undefeated. We went, we went the hardest tournament. There was a tournament every year uh, in Como. Como had a junior high tournament every year. We went down there and won the tournament. Look, we was down, we was, we was up, we was up two points. And we was playing Como norpanola We was up two points. Look, I called timeout. I called timeout. I think it was like 10 seconds on the clock. uh came over. I said, look, I said, this is what we're gonna do. I want y'all to line up in four. And we we putting the ball in on the end line. We got to go length of the court. And uh they came up and picked. Then the other two went back. They threw a long pass, but then I laid it up. We won the tournament, man. Oh.
0: Yeah.
2: So so what
0: I'm trying to still wrap my head around how this <laughs> even possible, but uh like what, what would you say you learned from that experience?
2: Well, um, I was um, you know, once I got that. I was like, shoot, I'm going to school to be a coach. Yeah. You know, that's 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 what I'm saying, man. You know, um, I went to school. I went to college. I think uh, <clears throat> when my dad died, I started focusing more on, hey, I need to make sure my mom's straight. Yeah. I'm still in school, but I still need to make sure my mom's straight. And so, man... I'm going to say this, and my wife might whoop me for saying this, but man, all I had to do was do student teaching and take the practice. But I couldn't wrap my mind around, you know, because, hey, I'm 21, 22 years old. Man, my father done died, you know, and now I feel like I need to be him for my mom. You see what I'm saying? So I understand how older people and when I say older people, I'm not uh, discounted, discrediting any any seasoned people, but how they dropped out of high school to go provide for their mom or dad. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I understand how that how that rolls. Uh, but, yeah, it was a great experience, man. I, I, like I said, you know, that's been so many years ago. I can't remember who I was on Devin's team, but you we, man, we went undefeated
0: that year. Yeah, that's super dope.
1: Yeah. And um, I, I know one of the other things we were talking about last week was about, you know, all the talent that has come out of Coldwater, uh, out of Tate County in general, but but specifically, you know, uh, Coldwater. And I know uh, from me and Max era, you know, we got trail Kimmons that went, you know, pro. And uh, so from from your era, from the 94 on back, who would you say, who is somebody that you would say um, that this person had the potential to go be go 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 pro and potentially become a household name like they should have been a household name straight out of Coldwater, Mississippi?
2: Uh, well, um, as a child, I was little, like I said, I vaguely remember, but uh, Matthew Lovelace, uh, you know, he ended up playing, I think, with Ole Miss. Uh, you know, he was out of cold water. Um, uh, Hugh Freeze is, you know, from Independence, but, you know, but Matthew Lovelace was, man, like die hard quarterback, you know, straight out of cold water. Uh, that, this this is the difference. And uh Coldwater had a lot of athletes, not as much as strategic players, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, uh you can take somebody like uh, you know. If you, if you tell me to name some athletes, hey, Lee Thomas, Russell Jackson, Keith Williams, Champ, those were like athletes. You got Tracy Fruitrail. You know, everybody last name Fruitrail could run back in the, from the 90s back. Yeah. You know, Tracy Fruitrail was one of the, man, I never will forget. <laughs> that was a guy. That was a guy out of Memphis. Uh, his name was Papa Smurf. They called him Papa Smurf. And uh, he was dating a young lady there in Coldwater. I'm not going to call her name because y'all know her. But he was dating a young lady in Coldwater. And, I mean, man, we was little. Uh, him and Tracy Futrell race, and Papa Smurf was fast. Him and Tracy Futrell race. From his Sally Porter house all the way up to the driveway on the Edwards, Edwards Chapel side. Uh uh where that driveway, where the fence was, where the old baseball field used to be at. Yeah. You see, Piggy say, I remember that. And man, Tracy smoked him. Do you hear me? Tracy Futrail was probably the fastest person that um i've ever seen to come out of Coldwater high school for the exception of trail and trails mama that trail mama's was the original flojo and matthew thank you uh clarence matthew i thought that was true but i wasn't for sure but matthew lovelace ended up playing with the patriots he was drafted the patriots
0: never heard of i was just about to say that man like why are we just not finding all this out man it's
2: crazy and when you go back um if you look at basketball uh some names that come to me would be coach dandrick um lifford one of the lifford boys uh, Michael Lee. Um, those was ballers, and I'm I'm finna throw one in, and somebody might get angry for me. He's doing this. The sticks but and Andra Todd. Under Todd was a shooter. Do you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Andra <laughs> Todd was a shooter. Um, you had a guy by the name of Shay Irby. Probably the, probably, as far as male shooters, the best male shooters that I witnessed probably in my day was, and when I say my day, I'm talking about, you know, growing up, like y'all did when I was playing ball, was probably Andre Todd, Shay Irby, uh Joel Piggies, if he was on, he was on, mm. you know. But when you get to the under Todd era, uh, three-pointer, three-point line wasn't even invented. You had guys like on oh, Michael Lee, Carl Powell, them, those guys back in that era, they was averaging 20 points a game, but not the three-pointer.
0: Her car used to hoop.
2: (laughs) Man, listen, I'm telling you, man, it was some ballers back in the day. Uh, Russell Jackson, Russell Jackson was probably the... Russell Jackson, Lee Thomas, and champ, Keith Williams, all were kind of the same, but Lee Lee could have been a ungodly known football player like champion Russell Jackson was. You know what I'm saying?
1: Pookie. hand uh, Pookie Pookie.
2: yeah, Pookiehound. <laughs> but Russell was like, I think out of those three, Russell was probably the most universal uh, athlete out of those three, cause. Champ was big and strong and solid. You know, he played linebacker uh, back when they played. uh, And we ran the offense. We ran the Notre Dame box. But uh, Russell was just like an athlete, man. I mean, it was crazy, you know, the stuff that he could do.
0: Yeah. Wish
2: we had Uh, some film, man. Yeah, man. You ain't got no tapes. (laughs) <laughs> Man, i I had one one time. Uh, somebody gave me a tape because I uh, one night it was crazy. One night I scored like six touchdowns. One night, and uh, I think Piggies might have had two that same night. Or Pig and Lacey, you know. Uh, but it was just. It wasn't I was holy, it was just there, you know, because we just that's how we played ball. But I'm quite sure somebody might have some video footage or something of some of those basketball games because we was doing it on VHS. Now I don't know if you got anything to play it on or not, but it's probably something out there circulating. And uh when we played basketball, if you wouldn't the games were starting at 6 30 when we first started. Then they moved them to 6 o'clock. But if you weren't there 30 minutes before, you couldn't get in. Yeah.
1: I know what that feels like. I, I, look, I remember them days when <laughs> Mac, when Mac
2: Macdon was playing. Like, I mean, you know, only, only, only crowd, we did not have a sellout was if we was playing South Haven or by Haven, That was it. Everybody else we played, if you went there at 6.30, 6 oh, o'clock, man. you was in line. Especially That's if we it. was playing Tunica, Sanitopia, Independence, or North Finola. Yeah. You might get in at a Water Valley and Charleston game, but other than that,
0: <laughs>
2: yep. it was so out. Yeah.
0: So before before we transition away from sports, I, I don't wanna breeze over uh the fact that you played at Clark for two years. Like I think you know we kind of you touched on it, but we really didn't kind of go into details. Can you talk about that what that experience was like for you?
2: Uh it was it was it it was an experience. Uh I got to Clark in uh the summer of ninety six and um, uh the olympics was going on and so um the first year we had seven or eight road games uh because uh our football stadium was the field hockey stadium uh for the for the 96 olympics so they had to tear everything down reconstruct it and do all of that stuff but uh, it was a great experience uh, on that on that team. I think we had maybe seven or eight guys from uh, from the Mississippi area. Um, they were they were not used to winning, I guess, if you wanted to say. So the athletic director came to Mississippi. Well, I think it was about twelve of us out there then, and uh, uh, some of the guys we still talk today. Uh, Uh, But it was it was a great experience. We played. We was in the um, SIAC my junior year there. I made uh, all SIAC. uh, Well, both years, but uh, I made all SIAC both years. I was there. Uh, Got those awards back home, but uh, uh, won a couple of MVP players of the game and stuff like that. Actually, when I moved to Huntsville, my offensive of coordinator, we still talk about every other month. And so he used to call me touchdown kearney. And um he said, uh, you know, 96 man, that August of 96 was just like torture. And you know, when you got guys coming in, we running around doing whatever the coach say do because and one of the coaches were from was from Mississippi. He was like, man, we're gonna break deep, boy. He said, Hey, they already been broke. They from the SIP. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, we did, not you know, we was used to 105 and 120 heat index in the shade and stuff, but we just did what we did. So we was already in shape when we got there. Uh but um he he um, when I first moved to Huntsville, he called me one day. And he said, man, where you at now? I said, man, I'm in Huntsville, Alabama. What? You 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 live there? I said, yeah. He said, man, you better put a put a scarf on your head. Don't tell nobody who you is. Because uh my senior year there, we came and played Alabama AM. The on that grand opening of that new stadium, the stadium that they play in now. And man, yeah. I ended up catching a winning touchdown to beat them. And uh he said, man, don't tell nobody who you is <laughs> and nothing like that. They might try to hang you over there. <laughs> but uh uh it was it was a great experience, man. Got a got an opportunity to work out uh for the 49ers. Uh got an opportunity to work out for the Falcons. And uh but my mindset just wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, man, believe it or not, I I I did weights. But I just wasn't a weight room guy. I mean, Mac, I know you've been there, you know, you know what I'm talking about, you know. Stuff that just came to me was just like, just God just say, huh, this is yours. Right. But man, if we had Pee Wee football, if we had the stuff that the opportunities, the weight rooms and stuff like now, man it probably would have been more people to come out of cold water to go pro.
0: I believe that for sure. Yeah. Even like these kids working out like college players now in, in oh, elementary.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, who hey, who in the world got an indoor practice facility at San Pinola? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, but if you look at it, all the teams that was around us that were – stronger than us because they had this stuff to be stronger.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look, um, you know, not not to gloss over, you know, you leaving Clark Atlanta and then going into uh society, but um I mentioned at the top of the show um you being a radio uh personality. So I want I wanna just I guess kind of give you the floor for a few minutes, just kind of take us from uh, Clark Atlanta University to the point where you get to, I want to say it was 102.1. Is that correct? That's it. That's it. All right. So it was was 102.1. So just kind of give us a brief, you know, uh, synopsis of what happened in between uh, the time you left college and then you get to uh, 102.1.
2: Well, when I left college, I was always a musician in my home church down in Como. And so uh, then I got into the quartet arena, uh, you know, singing. Then I actually started promoting shows. You know, I would do a show in Coldwater every year, Um, normally around Black history. I've been blessed to work with several artists. Uh, The Canton Spirit Spirits QC's A lot of people I mean a lot of people uh, In the gospel music industry And so uh, when I got Into radio uh, My dad used to be on the radio uh, With his group Back at WSAO And so when I got into radio I was basically uh, My wife at the time Was working for a radio station (laughs) And they was converting from eight-track to uh, digital uh editing. And what I mean, uh I know matt is probably going like eight-track, yeah. There was a cart when you <laughs> play commercials, you played the cart. It wasn't no digital stuff, like right? mm-hmm. you can just click a button now and play a commercial, it was on a cart, and so I started doing commercials back probably in 98, and I was doing commercials on a cart. And so when you did a commercial on a cart, you put your music bed on a cassette tape. You know, you mix all your music, stopping it, pausing it, doing that right there. And when you record the commercial, you had to record it on a cart. There was a cart machine that was specifically made for you to record commercials and you can get right to the end and be like yeah so see Mac Friday at seven mess up you have to erase <laughs> all it all over all back over <laughs> <laughs> or you took a razor blade and sliced it and pieced it back together with tape I mean it was difficult so they was transferring from uh the old way of doing things, to digital, uh, to computers. And so the guy, his name was Cam. It's a white guy named Cam. He was an engineer. And so I was hanging around the station, and he started showing me, gave me the software. And then I just happened to ask the owner of WAVN at the time in South Haven, hey, you want to sell this radio station? And he was like, oh, you should have asked me yesterday. I just sold it to my brother. I'm like, yeah, right, you know so that next year um i was living in sardis and he just called me out the blue he said hey was you serious about radio i was like yeah what you got you ready to sell the station he's like no but we're opening a station in sardis and so that's where i got my start from uh uh being in radio uh full-time and then became owner, you know um LMAs. I always did LMAs on radio stations. So that way you wouldn't have the overhead costs of FCC and all of this other stuff BMI, But, um, uh, uh, at least it was a lease management agreement. So you go in and you operate the station, you own everything in there, but you don't have to deal with the overhead costs. Uh, and you just pay like you pay a car note,
0: right? Right. Three thousand, four
2: thousand, five thousand dollars a month. But I was very successful uh because of uh just the good hand of the Lord. After I left Sardis, then I went to Hollis Springs at 92.7. I stayed there, I think two years, and then um then I moved and migrated to uh Huntsville, and we still have a Uh, internet gospel radio station and also we have a couple of channels on Roku uh, which is uh, Believe TV Uh, those that's watching they can download the Believe radio app in your Apple or Google uh, App Store Uh, but we also have a channel on Roku uh, but it's under construction right now uh, because we're updating equipment and different stuff like that so we just took it all and we'll relaunch it at the uh, beginning of the year
1: yeah
2: I got some I have some more
0: questions about that, but i'll wait <laughs> <laughs> go ahead no no i i mean it's it's in line with some other questions we're gonna ask so i I'll, I'll wait till we get to those yeah okay um, Okay. and then
1: you know I know you mentioned some of the giants uh in the in the industry that you you know that you work with so like from the from the 102.192.7 days like what are some things that kind of you know stand out uh to you the most from that era like what lessons did you learn and all that about you know who you were becoming and you know just uh just kind of you know
2: expound uh on that um uh from my radio days uh what what i really learned and uh, i remember that uh I was telling Harvard Watkins one day <laughs> that uh I had something that Marvin couldn't money couldn't buy. And he said, because they in the in the industry, you know, Keith Wonderboy, Keith Wonderboy uh had them, everybody in the industry, everybody in the music industry know me at biggie Uh from um uh Gerald Thompson, late, great Gerald Thompson, uh, Timothy Wright, even Timothy Wright's son, if I call him right now, he said, Big E, you know, because Keith had everybody uh, calling me Big E uh, because he was so short and I was tall. And so everybody in the gospel industry knows me as Big E. And actually, Keith Wonderboy was the first major artist that I brought uh and brought them to memphis uh in 2000 and in, in in the year 2000 and uh from there what i learned was money is good but relationship is better you know if the cantons are close, hey if they coming through here they probably stopping at our house you know or if they're close somewhere I'm probably cooking something for them, you know, uh, or whatever like that. So relationship is more better than money, you know, and God allowed me to, to, man, to witness a lot of things in the gospel music industry. And those are some of those moments, Mac, I'd be like, man, I wish my dad was here. right? You know, these same guys that he grew up listening to, man, these guys, you know, they individuals just like us.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and uh, so I thank God for my time in the industry. Uh, <clears throat> um, you know, from Donnie McClurkin, Beverly Crawford, uh, man, the list just goes, Leandra Johnson, list just goes on and on of people, J. and Carr, uh, people we have worked with uh, and build relationship with.
0: You know, and uh, it's it's very important. Yeah, yeah. I Forgot where I was at, man. It's wrapped up in it, wrapped up in this story, reminiscing a little bit. But look,
1: <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a quartet
0: junkie, man. So we, we oh, yeah, we, that's quartet,
1: quartet man, man, right there. We can talk about quartet all day, all night. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh,
0: what? Uh. Like, I know you still got the internet radio station now. You talked about the TV uh, station in the app, TV station on Roku. But then you said when I was in the industry. So what's the correlation between what you have now and when you were in the industry? And like, what was that transition like? Uh,
2: The transition was, was, uh, I guess I may have used the wrong word. I am still in the industry. Okay. Um, Uh, Not as much as I used to be. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, I still have artist relations uh, with different artists. Um, I uh, do consulting work for different artists. You know, I have artists that may send me some music to let me know what they think about it. Uh, you know, I say, Hey, yeah, this sounds good. But if you want it for radio, I would do this, 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 you know, they trust my judgment, even from, you know, um, uh, working with the Williams brothers, the Ken's, you know, those guys, they, they became, I became trustworthy, I guess, if right. you want to say trustworthy. So, um, those things are important i just started focusing the last the last show that i organized was the uh a lot of people didn't know i didn't know i was the person behind the scene but uh and some people knew the way that uh the card was but the last show that i did was probably 2017, 2017, um I did the uh, ICS Head Start program. You know, they have a show every they used to have a show every year in March. And on that show, uh uh Matt, you, you might want to get your red cross Ursa. because <laughs> Jordan might fall out on this one. <laughs> I think on that card I had Leandra Johnson, Jacalyn Carr sean jones the bolton brothers um Zaya t um he was called the good top baby he was on there um and i want to say i think and daryl pettis that was the lineup that night
1: yeah that's 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 a (laughs) card
2: Yeah, that was 2017. Um, so, uh, but you know, from, I always, when I did promotions, I always tried to do things for the community and for the people. Uh, one year I did, I brought the Shaw singles back out of retirement, you know, uh, just for the people. Uh, and I never did programs for money I just did it for the people. That was some nights. I didn't make a dime, right? But then that was I had the favor of God. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, out of all the artists that I have booked, <clears throat> from Donnie and them all the way down, I think I may have signed one or two contracts, relationships. Yeah. LaShawn Pace, I mean, you name it. I mean, you know, uh, actually I was getting ready to do a big show with LaShawn Pace right when COVID hit. And I was doing here and Mississippi. I was gonna do it. I was bringing a show back home uh, right when COVID hit. So, uh, you know, God God has been good to me, man. I mean, literally, especially in that facet, you know, it's, it's uh it's mind blowing sometimes, but uh you know, we thank God God for the uh relationship though. hmm
1: Yeah. Um we uh you know we're gonna jump into um one of your other uh side hobbies. I don't know if I can call it a side hobby since
2: you've
1: been doing it for so long. So uh <laughs> Look, Matt, you keep, keep a close watch on the comments now.
2: Hey, <laughs> I'm
1: mediating, bro. So, look, look, put you go put your black and white shirt on. Um, but uh, so we're gonna get we're gonna jump into uh, officiating. I think you you told me you've been doing it for 26 years. So, man, um, you go ahead and jump it off,
0: man. That, that was my question, man. Like, how long? Like I know, you know that I know you from officiating my games <laughs> back in the day. So, like, how long have you been doing it? And like, what led to it? Like, how did that even come
2: about? Can I can I be real honest with you, Uh um, um, I actually, uh, my my dad, my dad was a uh, an official, uh, but uh, I actually start officiating when I was like eighth or ninth grade in high school.
0: Coaching and officiating in
2: high school. You could go. I don't and and this and this is the reason why. This is this is why I'm saying what I said. Because uh vice mayor at that time too. (laughs) No, I I didn't I wasn't vice mayor man. They won't let me be vice mayor man. I don't know why, you know what I'm saying, but they won't be. Like, but uh, see, in those days, man, uh, and look, can I tell y'all this? I was getting paid in ninth grade officiating. Hmm. If, if that was like a ninth grade game, <laughs> oh, man, why Scottie Pippen, really? <laughs> <laughs> look, man, man, look, man. I can count the checks that I got from Coldwater High School for calling uh uh a ninth grade game or a seven or eighth grade game, you know, because the officials couldn't get there. You know, back then, you know, you think there's an official shortage now? Man, back then guys couldn't get to no gym at no 4:30. Yeah. That and so, sense. you know. Uh, I don't know if Derek, Derek Pitts may have too, but man, shoot, look, I had a referee shirt at home because my daddy had a shirt. I had some black church pants and shoot, I go out there. And that's when I started officiating, when I was you know, in school. And uh, when I got back home from college, uh, when I got back home from college, Uh, I signed up to be a football referee and my first year, because all of the guys knew me because they called all of my games my first year, I think I worked 10 varsity games. I mean, it was just like somebody got hurt, you know, one guy tore his knee up. The other one had a bad ankle and I worked 10 varsity games my first year of out football the gate. out the gate did I do everything right did I know everything no because I was looking at it from a player's perspective you know and one of the one of the things uh Mr. Jesse Edwards Dr. Jesse Edwards <clears throat> I called my first two or three games with him and you know I just left college and you know in high, high school and college rules are different because if the guy Moves, he can reset himself, you know, on the defense, long as he don't get in the neutral zone, you know, or whatever like that, you know, or if he go across, he can get back if he get back in time, you know. That was the right. rules back then, you know, if a guy's moving, going in motion, he could sit, you know, and uh or if a guy was in motion, I would blow my whistle because, but it wasn't supposed to be a dead ball foul. That's a live ball file. You know, I'm talking about that stuff like that, but it was the same penalty. So um, you know, those are the things that uh um uh, that helped me. And you know, I was telling guys here the other night, you know, when I started when I got back and really started fishing when it came to basketball, well, even football too, uh, you had three categories. Number one. You was recognized he was a recognized official number two you was an approved official and number three you were a uh certified official and all of that came with games um you know to, in order to get that that was varsity games years of experience in varsity games and so man matt i'm finna trip you out an approved official made 45 dollars to call a girls and boys varsity game. Now recognize approved was uh fifty-five, certified was sixty-five dollars for two games.
0: Mm. Now how much is
2: it now? Depending Normally, on uh, the pay rate um is about um $80 in certain states. Um, I think in Mississippi now, I think it's like uh 70, 55, 65, 70 a game. I mean, that's per per game. Per yeah, per game. Yeah. So uh certain states like Kentucky or whatever, Texas, uh, but I almost moved to Texas after COVID. I went out there to a funeral, and the guy was like, man, you still officiating? I said, yeah. He said, man, let me introduce you to somebody. So I went and talked to him. Their football officials get a game fee plus a part of the game. Oof. I said I would catch a flight out here every Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ain't
0: playing out here.
2: <laughs> and Mac, you know how many folks be at them high school football
0: Yeah, guys. I just I just watched the state on uh what Saturday, Sunday? Say I think it was a like Friday or Saturday night. Yeah,
2: yeah, in, yeah, it was in, this uh, weekend.
0: yeah. Yep. In the Cowboys so, stadium.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it was packed too.
2: So I mean, you know, it's a it's a um it's it's been a good road. Uh, I was telling Coach Oakley today out of my years of, uh, playing sports and officiating, I can't seem to think how many miles I got on my legs. Well, how you stay in shape for that? Well, this year was the first year I did not do football because I was just so extremely busy with businesses and, uh, with, uh, ministry. And, uh, so normally Normally, I take a downtime, you know, out the basketball finals and stuff like that. Whenever I get that last week, I don't do nothing as far as activity-wise. Right. You may go to the gym, uh, you know, but I do a lot of fasting. I try to eat right, but when you're working and doing different stuff, you know, Wendy's and McDonald's look a whole lot quicker and simpler than, you know, so... But you got to do life. stuff in moderation and uh, just do the right thing, you know. Yeah.
1: So, like, I guess given the, I guess what I would call low pay, like, what, what would you say um, is the part about officiating that just kind of keeps you going and motivates you to, you know, to keep doing
2: it? Well, um, to be interactive with, with the with the kids, man i mean you know or children let me rephrase that statement there have been people that uh i even when i was in mississippi i would go to stores or something just minding my own business hey how you doing sir oh, i'm doing good yeah man, it's good to see you oh good to see you too you don't know who i am do you sure don't you used to rough my games, you know <laughs> you know and so uh, sometimes we do get a chance to um, deposit some stuff in people. Um, one of my greatest moments in officiating, uh, that was a young lady uh, in that, that played ball at Charleston High School. And this particular year, I think I had Charleston like five or six times. And uh, every game, when the girl got filed, you know, you could tell like she had like a, a semi-anger management problem. And so this night we was in Charleston and she was the captain. And I said, uh, hey, you the captain? I said, no. Nah. I said, look, you can't be no captain. And she was like, well, why not? I said, because you get mad every ball game I have. You know, somebody filed, you know, you grabbing your hand like this right here, you know, you doing all this right here, like you want to get them. I said, we ain't having that tonight. And she looked, you know, I said, I said, matter of fact, who you get that from, your mama or your daddy? She said, oh, my mama? I said, well, where'd she get it from? who my grandmama, something else. I <laughs> said, well, you break the curse. You break the cycle, <laughs> you know. And from that day on, I think when they got to the tournament one year, I mean, she just ran up. Hey, Miss you know, her whole attitude changed just by me saying something. Right. Allowing her to see where she got it from. Mm-hmm. So, those moments right there, man, you can't, you can't, you can't, money can't buy that right there. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, that's dope. Joy, you got something else? Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Um,
1: yeah like uh just like nowadays you know uh it's a lot more i guess i would say interactive so like just how do you handle the conflicts the disagreements like with coaches and like spectators the parents like what how how do you go about uh trying to uh control all of
2: it Well, uh, we're in a a time now to where, uh, number one, we need officials uh, all across the country. They are doing campaigns for officials. We need officials. And, you know, uh, uh, it's very well needed. And some kind of way, the ball got dropped. I don't know if it was uh, because of, uh, you know, Time has changed. You got people that's working more or they're more inactive. In you know, uh when people first started officiating, you know, that was look, as they used to say, chicken change, you know, that money back then helped pay bills back in the yeah. day. So you know what I'm saying? So um, I but I think the uh transition now is we have a lot of people that just not interested, you know. Um, They just, they don't want to be a part of the game, you know, and a lot of them is because they wasn't introduced coming out of high school, coming out of uh, certain things. You know, I know some guys, now that I officiate with, uh, they started officiating when they was in the Army, you know, because they had, companies had teams, and they was officiating in, in the Army, and they just transitioned to you know when from the United States or wherever, you know. So uh officiating is is a great thing. You can make a career out of it. Uh you know I've been blessed to um uh, be on the high school level and junior college level, small college. Uh so if if you got the time and opportunity, you can almost make a living out of it. You know, my wife Asked me the other night, said, how much do NFL referees make? I'm like, I ain't gonna even tell you. So look, she Google it. You can do that, can't you? <laughs> 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 but that's a full-time job. You know right. what I'm saying? It's it's literally a full-time job. And uh right now, especially if there are females, uh that may have uh, played sports or whatever like that, man, uh, you, well, I haven't talked to her or anything. I don't know exactly what she's doing now, but you take somebody like Ashley Daniels, somebody like that, that knows the game, man, she probably could be in the WNBA in seven years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, If, if, if she could understand the, uh, the way officials look at stuff, Versus from the player standpoint, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, because there is a wide open open area. Uh, my wife talking about, I just saw her, she just texted me, talking about tell them you turn down the uh swag in the sec (laughs) (laughs) camp, but uh, uh, you know, it's a wide open area, especially for females now, yeah. You know, I mean, all the way from um, uh, football to basketball. You know, every, females, man, it's wide open right now. So people like her. You know, I haven't talked to her, but people like her, if she wanted to make a career in it, she probably could. Right. We, we've had uh, Ashley on the show. She's she's
1: actually coaching,
2: um, coaching now. Um, okay. Tell her to sign a basketball or something from Walmart and send it to me. All
1: right. Make I
2: sure know I y'all it. got the hook up, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> tell her Curtis said it. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna put it, yeah. I'm gonna put it on my shelf in my office, man.
0: All right. We'll
1: we'll relay that message. Um, but certainly, like I said, we we wanna uh we know it's getting late, so we're gonna cut across the fields, they say, in cold water and um uh, You know, just kind of jump into, you know, some that you are full time in and some that, you know, I know you're absolutely dedicated to, uh, which is a hope of glory um, and everything that you're doing uh, there.
2: So, yeah. Well, man, uh, God, God allowed us to uh, be able to uh, plant a church here in Huntsville and uh, nothing that we per se, you know, you have to be really out of your mind to want to start ministry i mean literally uh so that's when you know that it's not you it's god uh we started ministry uh march would be two years you know we come out of covid and the lord tell us to open start a church that don't make sense people ain't going to church <laughs> but yeah. uh it may not make sense to you but it makes miracles for god so uh we've been able to pastor here. Uh God allowed us to leave um uh, UPS and um uh, we're strictly full time ministry. We do other business stuff, but uh I'm not on a salary. So Mac, I need I need you to call me because you, you retired army, right? I'm sorry, I can't your mic still. <laughs> <laughs> I said you retired from the army, right? I did, I did. And since you don't go to church, you can be an online member in Texas. I can, <laughs> but some, I, do, I, got- I do, I do, I do want to talk to you so uh, you and my wife can hook up because my wife works for the VA, so you can make sure you're getting everything that you need to get.
0: Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I uh, I got some friends out there in Huntsville, so I may be able to. Actually, like one of my good friends live out there, so I may be able to actually come to a service when I come visit or something. Hey, you need to move
2: on to God's country, man.
0: Well, Jordan said God's country somewhere else. so I don't
2: know. (laughs) I heard him say that. That's why I said what I said.
1: (laughs) Oxford, Mississippi, man. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it can be Huntsville. But look,
2: look, Jordan, he's uh, omnipresent. Hey, look, Mac. Mac is uh, uh, retired military, so uh, they would love him here in Huntsville. He can yeah. do anything here in Huntsville for real. I'm
0: gonna let my homeboy down there handle. He retired military too.
2: Yeah, I, I hear about it from him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna text. I'm gonna text yeah. him now. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I understand. I understand. So, uh, you know. One thing that God told me in this time and season is, um, I don't want you to to make members. I want you to make disciples. Now, I want to give a Bible trivia. Um, have you all ever heard that Jesus fed the five thousand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he didn't. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> the Bible says, even the Bible labels this. And, you know, I had a, I, man, God I had a talk. And I'm like, I know this is what it says in the Bible. I done heard it preached. I done even preached that. I done quoted it. He said, I want you to pick your Bible up and go back and look at it again. When I picked it up and read it. It says, he asked them, do we have anything? They said, no, a lad has two fish and five loaves of bread. He says, bring it hither. The Bible says that the disciples brought it to him. He blessed it, gave it back to the disciples, and the disciples fed them. Yeah. So Jesus didn't feed the multitude. But What he had, he blessed it and gave it to the disciples and the disciples fed them. And I'm like, okay, God, what are you saying? He said, I want you to make disciples. Because if you can make disciples, then they're going to feed others. And that's what's going to enlarge my kingdom. Each one, teach one, reach one, each one, reach one. But you can't reach nothing when you don't have anything to reach with. That makes sense. And see, in pastoring, you don't, you know, it looks good because it says, uh, I give you shepherds of my own heart. And we read uh, John 10, and it talks about I am the good shepherd, and the sheep hear my voice. But when you pastoring, you don't just get sheep, you get the whole zoo. (laughs) <laughs> you get lions, bears, snakes Alligators, giraffes Oh, oh my <laughs> Everything You get you get everything in the zoo You know what I'm saying But it's your job As a leader And one that's sent by God To just make disciples That's it And disciples are disciplined men And when you become disciplined uh, I used to tell my children all the time, and they they can quote it now. They in they twenty. They would say, "My oh, my dad used to tell me, uh, being obedient is not uh, doing something when somebody asks or tell you to do it, but being obedient is doing it without somebody asking or telling you."
0: Mm. The initiative. Froze? Nah. Oh, I know. I yeah. knew you was looking like that for a reason. <laughs> he, thought, he thought the screen froze up because it got quiet for a second. Yeah. Um. That was, that will pastel in you sit with that word. Yeah. I. 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 <laughs> I,
1: I got it. I got
0: it. Uh. <laughs> So
1: like, and I was watching, I think it was your live the other day, and you were talking about, you know, when you do uh, marriage counseling, you don't, you don't bring your Bible uh, into to marriage counseling. I, I think I'm, I think I'm on yeah. par with it. Yeah. So um, like with that, how, how do you balance the traditional teachings um, with trying to address? the issues of today like in your sermons and also you know in your uh
2: counseling well um i just tried mac are you married i am okay so just say for instance if mac called me say hey look Reb, you know he retired military offense in your plane i need to fly you out me <laughs> and my wife got some issues So okay i'm going to the airport i get there I can't take the Bible with me. Because at the moment, what's in the Bible ain't the issue that's going on. So I'm coming in as a listening ear to be a mediator, to see, hey, okay. Well, I caught Matt cheating. Mac, was you cheating? Yes, sir, Red. Okay, he said he was cheating. What role did you play in it? What do you mean? I didn't make him go out there. Okay, but what caused him to even look the other way? So let's dissect this whole thing together to see how did it all start. And it may not have anything to do with you. It could be Mac has some childhood issues going on. It could be something that's attached to his family history so let's see what do we need to do to cultivate and when i talk to people i need them to be real with me you know that's the only way we can get to to the to the point listen strange thing you know i do construction work also now and i was in a house last night uh which uh I guess cohabitation, I guess if that's what you want to call it. And uh, now <laughs> the new day, the new day cohabitation. <laughs> I'm saying that because I, I heard you say it on the live. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> that was my wife talking about shacking. I'm like, shacking. What did you talking about? Ain't no such thing as shacking. What is shacking? Well <laughs> look, I had a girl ask me one time, um was going to the club a sin. I mean, I'm eating lunch. And so she's like, well, Pat, I was in Hollywood, Mississippi. I'm eating lunch. Past look, let's ask Pastor Kern. I mean, everybody just turned around and came <laughs> to my table. I'm like, what's going on? I, I just want to ask you, is going to the club a sin? And I said, huh? Is going to the club a sin. My grandmama used to tell me going to the club was a sin. I said, well, baby, going to the club is not a sin. But your grandmama just didn't know how to tell you. You know, she knew if you went to the club, there was probably going to be some sin going on. Or you could sin. Yeah. So she just said, from what she's been taught, yeah going to the club is a sin because if you go to the club you're probably gonna drink you may go home and fornicate or do whatever might get into some drugs so all of that can cause sin stuff at the club can cause you to sin she said i got it now so um i was with a um I was with a same-sex couple. And uh, I had to go back to the home and I was like, Lord, if you want me to minister, I want you to provide the opportunity. And so uh, the individual was there and I started asking questions and just to find out how did they get to that role. Hey, I'm a pastor. I ain't trying to judge you. I ain't finna pull no Bible out. I ain't saying you going to hell. I ain't doing all that. I just want to know how you got to this point. And a lot of things stem, you know, I'm like, was it relationship? Was it what was it? Abuse? That was like, no, I was married like 16 years. Have children. So what caused it? But at the end of the day, I never chastised her. I never criticized him or her. I never said anything. Only thing I said when I got ready to go, I said, is there anything that I can pray for you for? And they didn't really have anything but pray. And they was like, well, just, you know, general, I don't pray gentle prayers because that's me and God real tight, you know. I ain't gonna just tell God if I'm taking time to talk to God and God, I know God talked to me. I ain't finna say, you know, if Mac need a prayer, he need he need to be giving me a list. Yeah, them Facebook. Yeah, I ain't just you know, (laughs) Lord bless him. You tell me general, I'll be Lord bless him in Jesus' name. That's it. But so this is what I prayed to her, Jordan. I said, God less hurt or him, that their eyes will become open, their ears will be unclogged so they can hear and see what the divine purpose is in life. That's general, but it cover all the bases. I can't condemn anyone or judge anyone. So I think it goes back Matt, to what we was talking about. A lot of our foundations that were built on, especially in religion or religious space. They're good. Regardless to what denomination you, you are part of. But how does it apply to today? And what type of footing do you have? If you're in a church where you're comfortable every Sunday, if you're in a church that you're not being challenged, you will never change. And if you never change, that means you're not transforming. And if you're not transforming, you cannot transform somebody else. What if, what if, um, and to those that's watching, what if God had people assigned strategically to you? Do y'all believe it, that there are people that strategically assigned to your life? I know I do. Yeah. Okay. How many of those people, Mac, have occurred while you was in the army or military?
0: Most. I don't most have a number, them. but most of them.
2: So what if you would have never went to the military?
0: Yeah, I probably would never came across those people.
2: So heaven and purpose is the same way. If you never get to your purpose, those that are assigned to you will never get to their purpose. So why should God let you into heaven and everybody that was attached to you going to hell? Yeah. So you have to think about it like that, you know, and I teach our congregation if god tells you to go to dollar general or tell you to go to kroger but no Kroger too high i'm going to walmart it's probably somebody in the kroger that needs you or you need them Mm -hmm. we teach the whole bible we teach people we teach the total man We have credit seminars here at our church every month. We have found favor that we actually have lenders that come to our church to get people finance. I teach credit.
0: That's good.
2: So you need to be in a place where you can get the total man, not just hooping and hollering and jumping over a bench and if you can't tell me what the pastor preached on Sunday, hey, I don't know, but he showed he preach. <laughs> yep. Y'all, y'all sang quartet, right? <laughs> hey, I need I need a couple of musicians, though, for real. We don't have a Listen, let me tell you something. God told me, and you know how I am about music, but God told me, do not base this ministry off music. We don't have a musician we're about a year and a half in and people have been healed uh, we have people that uh, we have people buying homes we have people buying land we have people that's not because of me or the proclamation that i prophesied something over them it's the proclamation of they have gotten into the word of god and the word says that God would 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 not withhold anything from those that walk upright. If you just walk upright, he ain't going to withhold nothing from you. Yeah, That's the joy. Man, I started doing construction work. I said, God, you know, I need some help. Sent me, uh, I got Two guys work with me, been working with me for almost three months now. Their payroll is $1,500 a week. I have not missed a payroll. Bless us. Because I told God, if this is what you want me to do, I need some help to do it. And I want to be able to bless somebody else. Now, do I walk away every week with something? No, but God always subsidizes it in other areas. Mm. Lady case of God is somebody. <laughs> yeah, and the reason why I ended up in Huntsville because I got tired of her running after me. Mm. <laughs> That's a whole nother show, Matt. That's a whole nother. <laughs> Six of Stones unplugged. Yep. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. We can go live. We can go live, baby. Live, baby. But yeah, hey, look, I was, I was telling the story all the time. I said, you know, I just got tired of her running after me. And so one day, um, we was going somewhere. No, we had came to church. Now you see, you see what she said, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we came to church one day and uh she said uh man, I forgot I had these shoes. And uh so she got to church, walked to church, walked the church, church, got up, and the shoe broke. I said, Y'all see that was one of them pairs she was wearing when she was wearing, running out to me. <laughs> Uh, But But man, I thank God for my wife. Uh, uh, I went through a divorce. Uh, I was married for like 14 years, went through a divorce, went through a separation. And that's a whole nother story. That's why I'm so passionate about marriage. Uh, But that's uh, uh, um, we have we have three beautiful children. One of our daughter uh, is transitioned. She was killed. Uh, by gunshot wound uh, two days from her divorce so I'll figure that out but uh, she was a soldier she was in the military but God sustained my wife uh, to where she is a warrior for the Lord right now and um, that's how we kind of met and uh, God um, blessed us and uh, she was finna move back cuz she's originally from Memphis so uh y'all pray for me because she's from South Memphis.
0: My wife from Memphis I, too. I know I know what you're going through, Pastor. <laughs> my,
2: my wife from South Memphis too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so look. Uh, hey, look, we need to change the show and get another show and call ourselves the three stooges. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all, y'all pray, pray for we touched in
1: agreeing on that.
2: Hey, I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you, but but, uh, I chose chose to move to Huntsville because I heard God, and God was like, uh, uh, move to Huntsville, and uh, so I moved to Huntsville, and uh, when I got here, uh, I just got acclimated to the area. And, you know, my wife was working for DOD at the time. And so uh, the strangest thing, uh, we got married on a Wednesday and uh, I came home. I made sure everything was straight. I went home to get my mom and my mom had to take my mom to the hospital the night before I got married. Man, it was three o'clock when I got home. I walked in the house. My mom was just sitting holding on to the chair and like she couldn't move and so uh uh sean todd uh which is like my sister my mom had adopted her so she stayed with her that that wednesday i came and got married and Mac, i was i was on 24 man i I don't know why i came that way but i was on 24 and uh coming through russellville and man i ran up on a state trooper and uh, it was a black guy in, in Alabama. I was like, man, I ain't never seen a black state trooper before, you know, since I've been coming out here. So the guy pulled me over. He's like, hey, man, where you going? I, look, I, when he got there, I had my license already there. He said, man, where you going, man? You know, I clocked you at like 75 and a 65. I said, look, man, I'm on my way to get married. He said, get married on a Wednesday. I said, yeah. I said, look, if you're going to write me a ticket, gonna write me a ticket, or you can use my phone and call my wife her I ain't coming. <laughs> I mean that's I, I mean it was just like that. I mean I said look I said hey man you gonna write me a ticket go ahead and write it because I gotta get there. I said I get married at two o'clock. And uh I said, but if you taking me to jail, huh, You can use my phone for the call and you tell I ain't coming. He said, man, go on, be safe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know, uh, after after we got out the wind, man, we had to come back to Coldwater because My mom still was, you know, just to make sure my mom was straight. And so we left, we left Coldwater that Friday, that Friday evening, because we was going on a cruise that Sunday. And so we we got up, I left Friday evening, man, about four o'clock, got to Huntsville. We got, put the stuff in the car. I was driving. And that Saturday morning, I called my mom and couldn't get her. And I told Sean, I said, hey, you need to go over there. I said, she probably on the floor. Sure enough, she was. So my mom had to go back in the hospital. And we was about to turn back around. They was like, hey, look, y'all going to enjoy yourselves. And so uh, when we got back, we moved my mom out here because she was at the point where she really couldn't just stay by herself. And uh, my wife, a beautiful angel, you know, she took care of my mom just like, you know, it was her mom. And if the truth be told, if it probably if my mom probably would have lived another year or two, I might have not would have even had the birthright, Jordan. You know, mm. she t- look look, Matt. I'm finna tell you a true story. All right, before we go, I was uh, I was you know I was doing a, fi- a fish ate So my mom knew I had high school games every Friday night for football. So uh, I came in one Friday night and uh my mom was like it was like a week probably a week or two before she died and uh she was like uh how was your game i was like oh it was good you know who won i said well you know grissom they lost you know uh so my wife's like go get us some water go get us some water you know just go get us some water i was like "Mommy, you want some water so my wife was like look go get her some water so I went in the kitchen, get her some water, brought it back. And like two days before then, you know, because my wife has already was busy so much. She had never heard. She had never watched Greenlee. And so she was watching the episodes back to back. And so my mom, you know, was thinking she was hearing the TV, but she was thinking that was me and her, you know, on, on the show. And so, man, I walked back in the room and she told my wife, she said, uh, I really want y'all to make it because I just love you. But I don't think he calling no ball game every Friday night. <laughs> you might need to check into that. Yeah. <laughs> she said, uh, look, if y'all don't make it, I got a house in Coldwater. Me and you can go back to Coldwater you water know? <laughs> And so I'm walking in when she's saying that. I'm like, mama, how you gonna go back to Coldwater with her? <laughs> <laughs> she like, I said, man, no man, forget it, forget it, forget it. But uh, I have a jewel and um uh, she really uh was at the God strategically uh put us together. Uh, for different reasons, because my wife was was a nurse. She was working for the government, and uh, so she was, first thing my wife said, you know, when we, when we, right after we got married, your mama ain't going to no nursing home. You know, she quit her job, took care of my mom, and uh, then she went back to work. So, uh, you know, I just want her to know I love her, appreciate her um and we we are a tag team man and uh hey um uh, matt uh february 16th 17th and 18th we having a couples retreat so we enjoy man y'all go on, make preparations get your babysitters ready uh y'all can do a live show out here or whatever you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i just but put, it, up. I just put it in the notes i had to look into those dates
0: uh, I said I just put it in in the
2: notes. I'm gonna have to look into those dates. Just make sure he don't wear that shirt out here. He can't wear <laughs> that shirt out here. Don't try it. Don't try it. <laughs> yeah, don't try it, George. I know you I know you done gave him some money, but don't try it. All right. Hey man. Hey. We'll be all right. We'll be all
1: right. Um so. I think you know we're about wrapping it up uh, but uh I was gonna ask you kind of touched on these earlier and uh this is just strictly about cold water and uh so I, I want to hear all time your top three athletes out of cold water if you could do that for me top three singers. Out of Cold Water. Oh, God. And your top three musicians. So whichever one you want to go with first, and then Mac, going to close it out. Uh,
2: (laughs) Man. (laughs) Top three athletes is like... uh, are you talking about a specific sport, or are you talking just, about oh, just overall cold water? Overall,
1: male, female, however you want to do it. <laughs>
2: okay, you know, you 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 almost, you know, it's it's hard to name three. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. I mean, top, you know, top five then. I mean, you can't even go five. I mean, because you got to look at the era that I came in. Yeah, you see what I'm quit. saying? You're going to have to be some... I got you. Generational... Yeah, I mean, I was, see, y'all didn't even know who Matthew Lovelace was. You see right. what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Uh, you got like Trail Kimmins. you know, Matthew Lovelace. Um, man. Uh, uh, Ashley... Yolanda, um, Clemens, yeah, you know, um, that's five. I I mean, if you put all of them together, you got Reggie Hankerson, Mm. Uh, man, Uh, and and these are all people that, uh, um, um, Huey. These are all people that went Sign scholarships right. uh, Todd, Todd um, Richardson All these guys went to college I mean and ladies too You know these are people that went to college uh, uh, And there were A lot of more athletes That didn't Do what they were supposed to do Or You know uh you know, like Matt, what year you graduated? 03. 03. See, uh, so you was on the you was on the team that went to the state? Yeah. Won the
0: state? We win, win. We went 02, lost semifinals, and we lost in 03 also. Okay.
2: Now who all was on your team? Uh me,
0: Brand, Ralph, yeah, Dion yeah. Magadoris, so Ron Myers, McGill.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron, yeah. All right, so if you take that team from our atmosphere and culture, and you heard Max said it, that team they had, if them guys would have played football, they would have been D1 receivers and cornerbacks. But it was like we were sheltered to just strictly basketball. You know what I'm saying? So you had a lot of athletes that may have fallen through the cracks, True story. Uh, Ked Sandridge, his senior year, I was a junior. He played football his senior year and was getting looked at to go play college football. One year. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Because, uh, you know, in our town, everybody was like centered around basketball. Yep. You know, it was like, if you didn't play basketball, you wasn't nothing. But then when we started building the football program, so I, I guess those, I mean, but then when you go, man, you got like, like I said, at Lifford, Coach Dandridge, you got uh, Michael Lee, y'all need to Google him. That's who you, I'm going I'm to try to get you his contact, uh, Darren Catted them, but Michael Lee, man, was off the chain for now- real. And he lives lives, uh, in Atlanta. I hadn't talked to him in a minute, but he lives in Atlanta. But uh, those guys, man, uh, it's kind of hard to get, like, top three athletes. But, you know, if you got a – for me, and I was blessed to play at Coldwater, if you had right now – I don't even know who will be on your uh, (laughs) – Mount Rushmore you know what I'm
0: saying
2: mm, I can't name <laughs> I, I mean I can't I I mean literally I can't you know what I'm saying uh, and then the era like with the in basketball like those names that we mentioned like Shea Herb and Andre Todd all them guys Carl Powell Coldwater wasn't even on the map for recruiting because they didn't know how to put people before coaches you see what I'm saying
1: yeah yeah
2: mm-hmm. And them guys back then was averaging 20, 30 points and didn't have a three-pointer. Yo, I can see that.
1: So your top three singers
2: from Coldwater. Top three singers from Coldwater. Man, I'm going to say Cliff Sip. He will be in that top three. Cliff Sip. Uh, I'm trying to think of a female. I would say Cliff Sip. Possibly Alexander Davis. Mm, Rest in peace. And... You got to put ralph williams somewhere up there oh yeah yeah i like i liked it and that that ain't taking nothing from nobody i mean uh cliff sip traveled uh in singing and was a fifth singer and you know song with people you know on the road so you got to put them in there. Yeah. And a sleeper is Gerald Fruit Trail. I mean, it's some people out there, man. It was it was <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Gerald
2: Fruit Trail could go. You know, I mean it's it's just it's just so many. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um
1: and then what, what was the last one I had? Your musicians, top three musicians. You
2: got to go with Carlos Robinson. Yeah, too. Okay. Number one. Um I'm gonna tell you someone that like popped on the scene that I did not know of is Carlos Nolan Jr. He's mm-hmm. making his man. I love that guy, man, for real. I really love that guy. Yep. Yeah, shout out to uh, C Yeah, C man, he's awesome for real. I mean, he's versatile. Uh, and when you and when you come to being versatile, man, that guy right there, drums, bass, keyboard, you know, but he playing with some top-notch guys, you know, that play with the barcades and different stuff like that. So you got to put him up there, man. Um I would probably say maybe the third one um, will probably be trail. And the reason why I would say that is because of he 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 does. I don't know if he's still traveling now, but he was, Mm -hmm. you know, for a drummer. uh, He was traveling with a lot of major artists. So I, you know, and he's a talented drummer as well. But you know, when you talk about that from that area, now his dad it was something serious on guitar. Absolutely. But uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but I would probably say, and you know, it's not yay or nay, but those were those three would have to be in the near the top three. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So Jordan, who's 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 going to the Super Bowl this year? Can I can I do a little interviewing? I
1: mean you know. <laughs> you know, I, I look, we, we talked about it last week. I got the 49ers and the Ravens. 49ers, unfortunately,
2: but you know.
1: Unfortunately. So who is your team? I'm a coach. I'm a coach oh, fan. Oh miss. Look, we're we gonna, oh, we gonna <laughs> we, look we're gonna wreck somebody playoffs this
2: year. You just watch. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, that's that's uh, uh, Cliff, uh, Clarence, Clarence, sip said trail, managed Miss Jolie. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. So, uh, yep. and look, I look, and
1: I, I know this, this ain't my top three, but I'd be remiss if I didn't throw my boy in there. Jay Rogers got to be
2: up there. <coughs> well. Yeah, and, and and I I love Jay. I mean, I mean, literally, I do. Uh, those guys have grown. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they're on a whole another level of music was when I came along. You know, it really wasn't nobody playing music except uh, Chester and you know uh, Steve um, Steve. Uh... Uh, yeah, on the hill, Steve Moore. Yeah, that Steve Moore is one of the baddest piano players that ever come through Coldwater. Yeah, I mean, to, well, not come through, but to live in Coldwater. I mean, just straight piano player. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, yeah, Jay is up there, but Carlos is on a whole nother man. I mean, you know. When you working with the william brothers and stuff like that you hey not taking nothing from nobody but he he carlos is one of the professional musicians yep. for a long time yeah
0: yeah carlos
1: Robinson, if you out there we got your list we got your name on the list to be on the show man,
2: and know. guess where he started at? guess who got him started who man Carlos used to come to Pine Street, and we would get in my garage or in my living room and play music all day doing something. I made him who he was. Tell him <laughs> <I said. laughs> Hey,
0: he coming on here now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but, but for real, though, he talks about that. You know, he'd be like, man, I remember when we used to go to your house, man, get in the garage. Or get in y'all living room and we would just play music all day. I would be on bass, he would be on keyboard, and Anthony Newsom would be on drums. And we would just play music all day, man. You know. Uh, and to see him, you know, elevate and go where God took him, man. It's phenomenal, man, for real.
1: So y'all y'all was shedding back in the nineties.
2: Oh man, yeah. We I mean, we was playing music, man. Uh but that was a lot of that was a lot of uh, there are and when I say this, I'm not throwing shade. I'm not. It ain't about that, man. You know. We we um, don't throw shade on on stone. We throw the tree. But you know, um, <laughs> Justin still is a talented musician. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a uh, salt and pepper. They you know both of them. You know. They, they're talent. I mean, you know, but that's all we look when I came along. We had music and ball, that was it. You mm-hmm. know, the $50 a Sunday was the gig to help you get snacks during school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because the church will not get you no more than $25, $50. <laughs> yep. you know, so that was gas money or something, you know. So, uh, those things are, um. Uh, very influential like i said i just thank god for every facet uh that i've been able to uh bless uh and jordan had one of the best uh piano players i thought he' gonna put her on the top five
1: i went look i, I wasn't doing no top five it was yours i just had to bring up
2: jay you know because hey, you know, you know miss miss maul gillespie was seasoned maul gillespie and gene moore Oh, I thought you talking about uh, Rosemary. I thought
0: that's who you talking about too.
2: Rosalind <laughs> oh, well, Rosalyn Ros- has been playing a long time too, as well. But uh, you know, a lot of those people got their start from Miss Jane yeah. Moore. Yeah. You know, she kind of taught them. You know, music. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
1: Nevertheless, whether it's sports or music, like just calling out all the talent that has come through or been in Coldwater. So, yeah. Everybody can make their own
2: list and and all that, but like I said, man, it's a uh, uh and I, I think I, I think uh we out of out of the communities and I could be 100% wrong. Uh but you know, we were uh a predominant black community. Um uh, and uh we have a lot of successful people, you know, Rose scholars, district attorneys, you know, federal judges. I mean, when you really look, the list goes on and on and on. You know, uh, that was only really two Black attorneys uh, that I knew of. That was Lucius Edwards and Mr. Minor. You know what I'm saying? It was a lot of well-educated people that guess what graduated from Coldwater High School.
0: Yep. As we yep. uh, go ahead, join Amy, cut y'all. No, no, you good? Go ahead. Yeah, I was about to say, um, you know, as as we transition, uh, I just wanted to say if you could leave us in the audience with a word of advice or some essential knowledge before we got out of here, what would it be?
2: Um, If I could leave something tonight uh, to help somebody that's watching now or on the replay, um, and all nine getting, get understanding because you will never be able to position yourself to apply wisdom if you don't have knowledge. And knowledge is, comes from what you understand and you can't understand something that you haven't been taught. Some of us have been taught, um, the, not the wrong way, but we believe what we've been taught. So try to research. When I say research, I'm not talking about Google. Ask God to give you revelation and clarity And if if you're like the eunuch that's in the desert, just ask God, hey, how can I understand unless somebody teach me, you know, get to a place where you can get back in church. And I did say get back in church because the world is so strange. We say half hood, half holy. That's a lie. You can't be half hood and half holy. Uh, We left church, but we didn't leave God. You can buy fish at the refrigerator. You can buy fish at the freezer. You can buy fish out the deli, but a live fish is not a live fish unless the live fish is in the water. So get to a church where you can get your substance and find one that fits you. And what I mean by fits you that don't just have you comfortable, but will allow you to change. I've seen it. Right. Yep. So the door is open. Yeah. Gotcha, Joy. Mac, <laughs> <laughs> I know where he was coming. I already
1: saw it. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go put my gloves on and stand by the door. <laughs> 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 but yeah, man. Um, and then, like I said, just, you know. I know you you've been at this media thing, you know, way longer than we have. We just over or just a year in pretty much. Uh, Just any wise words of wisdom uh, to us on this uh, podcast journey. Hey,
2: just control your platform. Uh, uh, Whatever your motives are, make sure they're pure and just allow God to do what he needs to do. And, uh, this is—I feel so proud of myself. This is the first time I've been on Streamyard. Really? Yeah. Yes, I use uh, OBX, but uh, this is the uh, first yeah. time I've used Streamyard. But uh, just just see the vision. A lot. I like how y'all just float. So that's always good. Every everything that I try to do in media, I don't like to be scripted. Because when you script it, you really don't get stuff that you really want to get out of. That was one of my fortes why I was so successful in radio because I didn't I wasn't scripted. Um, How it flowed, that's how it flowed, you know. So uh, that's important. Just stay the course and just always see how can you all better yourself. I appreciate that. Appreciate it. Advertising marketing. And uh, you know, hey, once we get uh believe TV and stuff back rolling, maybe y'all will do a show on there once a week or something, or once a month, or whatever.
1: Yeah. I like it. yes sir. Yeah. Well look, man, I know you had a long day and
2: we kept you for what, two and a half hours, so. Always good because I just feel the anointing all over my wife that she got my bath water ready. (laughs) How about Glory, glory. Yeah. All the, I I just feel, uh, look, I feel a fresh anointing that all wives out of Memphis is running their husband bath water tonight. Let
0: me my camera. (laughs)
1: hey look man i don't know about no bath water but you know might get a bottle of water well yeah man look like i said uh we we definitely appreciate you taking time out hey your wife said we are in the bed <laughs> <laughs> what that's supposed to be right
2: <laughs> so,
1: but uh but yeah, man, look forward to uh you know connecting down the road. And uh like I said, uh man, we're gonna keep this thing going, man. So just uh continue to uh support us. And uh like I said, we'll be reaching out and uh
2: if I may say this before I go, uh what type of work does your wife do? Which oh, me back. Oh, I'm back my wife a nurse. And there is about to be a transition and shift in her life, and I don't know if the job offer is on the table, but I see the negotiation going on. Ring the bell. Why are you smiling? That mean I'm ringing your doorbell. You better get out of bed, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> we receive it but i hear the lord saying to nikki to be still and see the salvation of the lord everything that glitter ain't gold Mm. and there are a few classes that she need to take so you do need to go back to school that's so crazy (laughs) Uh, that's so crazy. <laughs> Talk to me if I ain't me me. ringing your doorbell. Just tell me you lying and get out of my house. No, nah, you on it? I ain't. Mean,
0: I can't <laughs> say on on here. But I yes, got you. you you there? It's crazy. It's crazy. crazy. No, nah, nah, it really ain't. It ain't crazy. But
1: you know, we we there with you so look, I I think the only only way to uh, close this out is you close us out with a prayer, man. We <laughs> right, look first. Look, this will be the first one done on sticks and stones. We done had you know I think uh, Fred was on the first of the month. Yeah. So uh, this is history. Close us out in prayer, and we're we gonna get out of here. Episode forty seven, Pine Street Perspectives with uh,
2: Pastor Edgar Kearney. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for every chosen vessel that you chose to produce these two seeds. For you said in your word that children are a gift from you. So, Lord, we thank you for their mother and their father right now in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we pray and I anoint them as the revelation that you have given me. That they will no longer be the man of their house, but they are transitioning to the priest of their homes. In every area, we declare victory and clarity right now in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Man. Look. Appreciate you. This has been episode forty-seven. Y'all know y'all owe me a uh, copper Keller cheeseburger when I come home, right? I got you. It's, it's called Jacks now. It's called, <laughs> called <Brandy>. Jacks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, cause we can't get no William Earl, no William Earl hot dog special no more. Now look, I don't, I don't know man. Like
1: uh, they got a new yeah. restaurant outside the barber shop, ran by Shantay uh, Ramsey, called Instant Taste so i got you free plug uh check out instant taste next time you come home shante ramsey i think uh one of her sons i believe yeah uh yeah running it so i got to get down there and check them out myself but uh but yeah man like i said appreciate it look forward to uh connecting down the road and uh we'll we'll see you all right man love
2: you guys y'all hang in there thank you thank you all right all right
0: We'll see y'all in a week, man.